Alright. Here it is. Again. And it's called. I believe that the music I heard is a killer. It's a killer of hope. It's a killer of spirit. Punk rock. It's about three chords. Four, if you will. And Devo plays for Muffy's party. Let's go! Hey, everybody. I'm Joseph. And I'm Rob. Welcome to the Four to Explore in 1977 edition of Deep Dives and Deep Cuts, the history of punk, post-punk, and new wave, 1976 to 1986. Cool thing is, we've taken uh, four albums, and we've chosen our, well, I don't want to say our favorites, but songs that are, you know, albums, we've chosen albums that we want to go back and and take a second look at uh for whatever reason i i i kind of have my feeling i know why you chose your albums but yeah. <laughs> i chose my albums because i'm not done with them yet i i really want to go back in and look at them and and i think uh with a little bit more exploration i might find these to be higher on my list than i perhaps thought they might have been yeah so my my thought about this episode was that I, I found that as we went through, there were a couple of al- albums where when we were choosing which songs to feature for that episode, I felt like, ooh, just one song or two songs just doesn't do this this album justice. And by justice, I don't mean, oh, it's so good, we got to hear more songs, but just you're not getting a sense of the depth of the album. Um, so let's refresh our listeners' um, memories about which albums we picked. Why don't you talk about your two albums and why you picked them? Okay, well... Um, so I chose Sparks album, Introducing Sparks, and Sparks is one of those, they're, they're one of those bands that you really don't know what you're going to get. I mean, you kind of, you kind of have a feeling when you hear one or two songs, but, uh, these guys are, they're very dynamic. And, and so I was really interested in going back and, and, listening to some more of that album and kind of getting another another whack at it, you know, seeing how I feel about it. Um, I feel the same way about The Saints, and interesting thing about The Saints is I am liking them more and more as I listen to them, and I'm really glad that I went back to explore this uh, this album. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So. Well, I um I picked Ultravox's first album, Ultravox, which is not my favorite of the two albums that they Mm -hmm. released in 77 but this album is this album actually was the inspiration for this show for the four to explore because there are so many songs and so many styles of new wave and punk that don't even exist yet um, that it kind of blows my mind. I, I, I don't feel like the album... Well, let's let's talk about why we picked the albums at the top of the show, and then at the end we'll we'll talk about where we're at. You know what our what our uh, our impressions are after going through this. Sounds, um, sounds good. 
And then the other one was Richard Hell's Blank Generation because it just blew my mind. <laughs> and I was I was loving loving it and felt like um, I needed to spend more time with it to see if it really was as great as I thought it was. Right, right. Um, you know, at once the excitement of discovering this lost hidden gem, um, you know, once that wore off, if I was enthusiastic about it as as at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. So let's, um, before we talk anymore, let's listen to some music. Let's listen to um, um, Love Comes in Spurts by Richard Hell off of the Blank Generation album. I was a child who wanted all love so wild, though died of slow motion, but played with devotion, babe, and sang with devotion, just a whole other notion. I was 14 and a half, and it wasn't no I have to say, the title makes me laugh every time I say it. But um, <laughs> I, uh, it, it wasn't, it didn't hit me the first time I heard it. And uh, now that I've heard it, I don't know, probably six or seven times, <laughs> I'm, I'm enjoying it. Um, yeah. You know. So it, and it, it probably matches up there with my favorite song, which is the, the title track, uh, Blank Generation. I still feel like the two best songs off of this album are the two songs that we featured in the um, in episode four, the summer of '77, um, "Blank Generation" and "Betrayal Takes Two. But I don't I don't feel like there's a bad song off of this album, and it was really hard for me to to pick my picks for, from this album for this episode because <laughs> the 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 my two favorites to me they're like nines or tens and then pretty much everything else is like between a six and an eight for me that's, um, well that that's kind of where I am with this with this album um, yeah you know it's it's good all the way around and it was hard for me to pick in fact I only picked one song off of this album and, and kind of deferred to you because I knew how wild about it you were. So <laughs> I made your job a little harder, I guess. You made it easier because um, that way I didn't have to kill quite as many of my babies. <laughs> That's true. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about the first Sparks song we're going to listen to tonight. Um, this is one of your picks. Uh-huh. Um so Sparks is, you know, it as I've been listening to um, this playlist over the last several days, it occurred to me, you know, Park Sp- Sparks is 
part of a, uh, a very specific kind of new wave, which I will call quirky new wave. Um, so, you know, like David Burns, Devo, Wall of Voodoo, that in that vein. Okay. Um, but Sparks is kind of getting there first, even though right about this time, um, Talking Heads releases their first album, but right. but Spark Kids has been doing this, this kind of quirky, almost like novelty music, but not quite. Um, I I mean, there's there's always the danger of it, but they they walk a real fine line. Um, has I wonder if Sparks has ever done a children's album? I think that they would. <laughs> They would do. They would be fantastic at doing children's music. As far as I know, they've they've never done any. But um, they're just that kind of you know like a. They might be giants kind of a band. Well, they you know as far as their sensibilities. They sound a little cartoony, and they sound like they're having a lot of fun with it. The instrumentation is just like kind of all over all over the place, and it's kind of jovial and bouncy. And so, yeah, you're totally right about that. I, I think that a kids album would be right on. Yeah right on for them so so this album i'm warming up to i mean i i've always liked it but i like it a little bit more um i feel like the the middle four songs are fantastic Mm -hmm. and we'll by the end of this episode we'll have heard all four of those middle four songs the first two songs are kind of okay and the last three songs I really don't care for so it's kind of a mixed bag for me um, but one of the middle four songs is your first pick called uh, Forever Young I'm gonna beat the devil and stay generation punk rock anthem type song and i think sparks has their you know youth anthem this is forever young and and it's it's uh it's just to me it's like i said it's jovial and it's bouncy and it's fun and you know we're gonna do this and we're gonna do it forever and we're gonna be young and we're gonna be young forever and you know it's just it's just a i think it's a great song yeah yeah yeah, I like this song a lot, too. So the first Ultravox song we're going to listen to off of their debut, Ultravox Explanation Point. Mm-hmm. It's called The Lonely Hunter. Um, so this song blows my mind because <laughs> it is a Duran Duran song before Duran Duran existed. Yeah. Um they, they, this, this album has quite a few songs that sound uncannily like 
other artists who haven't released anything yet. Um, and those were my picks for this album because that's that's what's so interesting about this album to me. Uh-huh. So this is um, this sounds very Duran Duran and like early uh, Spandau Ballet. I know here in the United States we only know Spandau Ballet from their um, you know more. Uh, new romantic ballad stuff like True uh, and Gold. But they are are you familiar with uh, their early stuff or Not, just the stuff they got on the radio? Yeah, no, just the, the stuff that was played here pretty heavily. Uh, oh, uh, yeah. We're going to have some fun when we get to them because their early stuff is... Th- there's a lot more to Spandau Ballet yeah. than than you think um their their early stuff is really interesting but it sounds very much like the lonely hunter and i was listening to this song and i was like looking forward going okay lonely hunter this this is a precursor to duran duran and spandau ballet but going backwards it's very much um in Influenced by rocks and music. I hear a lot of rocks and music oh, in this song. funny i never i never really thought of duran duran being heavily influenced by um roxy music mm-hmm. but as when when we get to duran duran um it uh, it'll be interesting to to really keep a close eye on that and yeah. and see see if we can't draw a direct line from roxy music to duran duran So, okay. So, originally, I was thinking the way that we would do this episode was we would just talk about one album and play four songs, talk about them, and then go on to the next album. Um, But then when I started listening to the songs, the idea of listening to four Saint songs all in a row, just, (laughs) just, I mean... I don't, I don't dislike the Saints. I just, I, I just don't get it. I don't get why they're, I mean, they're not like super revered in the, in the punk world, but they, they just, they sound so generic to me. Uh Um, But you, you say that you're, uh, 
you're warming up to this album, I, huh? I am actually warming up to this album. And, uh, you know, I, I get what you're saying, that they, at least kind of what I hear a little bit is that they they almost sound like they're molded or, or groomed to be this way. And and uh, this, is, this is, of course, one of these bands where the, you know, the record label was like, we guys want you to be you know, hardcore punk, we want, we want the spiky hair, we want the torn up clothes, and, and they were just like, man, we're going to be ourselves, so, it's, it's interesting to hear them, and, and kind of feel like they maybe sound like they were groomed by the record label, um, yeah, well, we uh, we originally talked about this album in um, episode two, the winter of 1977, and we spent mm-hmm. a fair amount of time talking about this this certain dynamic. Yeah. Um, and it, the the thing is that I I've been thinking a lot over the se- last several days about my my resistance to this album or the reason why I'm not jumping on the 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 train in my enthusiasm for this mm-hmm. this album is because it this album sounds so much like the generic punk that was playing that was kicking around in like the late 80s that and and that's not the saints fault you know and they should probably be revered as a pioneer in this sound but for me when i was first starting to listen to punk um there were there were all of these mediocre punk bands coming up you know a lot of them coming up uh, out of the bay area and in northern california that sounded very very much like this and there were they were just a dime a dozen and so it's just got this this sound that sounds really played out and generic to me, which is unfair to settle on the Saints because we're talking about an album that was released in 1977. They were they were ahead of their time. Yeah. So the song that you picked for this, talk for, about it. One Way yeah. Street. Um, I you know what? So I just really like the sound of One Way Street. To me, it felt. Um, it felt like the Saints and their punk, you know. I mean, it, it, I don't know how to say it, except it felt like this was the Saints being punk rock. Um, I this is actually the song that kind of made me go, wait a minute, I'm gonna, li- I do want to listen to them again, and I want to listen to more of it. So, at any rate, I, I think it's a really good song. Saints, and I, you know, I wasn't 
don't know. I didn't I didn't dislike them, and I don't dislike the Saints when we covered them back, you know, previously. But listening to them now, I I really am, as you said, warming up to them. It's for some reason it's kind of gotten into my I don't know. It's gotten into my skin, and and yeah. uh, I think I've listened to this song like probably six times by now. But but I'm I'm kind of growing on the entire album. Yeah, I I want to make it clear. I I don't think this is the bad album. I mean, right. this is okay. this is a fine album, but but the there's just nothing dis- terribly distinct about it for me and I it just it still hasn't hooked me. Let's talk about the second Richard Hell song we're going to hear today. Um this was your pick called Walking on the Water. You know, we've talked in the past um, a fair amount about how how obvious it is that Gordon Gano of um, uh, <laughs> the Violent Femmes was influenced by television. Yeah. But I'm hearing I wouldn't be surprised if he was as equally influenced by Richard Hell, you know, and this album, particularly this song "Walking on the Water," sounds. I wouldn't be surprised if Gordon Gano had this song in mind when he wrote um, Jesus Walking on the Water. Late last night, I went for a walk down by the river near my home. I couldn't believe with my songs i mean there's not a stinker on the entire album and and, um to me walking on water is basically that's that it's really high on my list as far as favorite songs on this album you know i i I think i've made it known my favorite is is the title track uh uh, blank generation but walking on water is it's kind of bobbing around there you know it's it's a good tune and and it's like he doesn't slip this band does not slip once as far as, uh, you know, letting us down. So, Which brings us to the second song off of the Sparks album. Um, this is a song I picked called Ladies, and this might be my favorite <laughs> song off of this album. Uh, it's, certainly, it's certainly my favorite lyrics off of this album. Um, this song just cracks me up um yeah. and and really makes me 
of all of the songs they do, um, this is the song that makes me think of David Burns the most. In that, in the the way that they pick a, a very typical um, subject for a rock song about how they love girls, mm-hmm. but just has a complete just comes at it at a completely unique angle and and this the sensibilities of of what the song is about and how this person is dealing with this topic um so distinct and very very funny i think ladies ladies in my kitchen baking cake is betty trucker ladies Ladies, Dolly Parton's in my pool and Aunt Jemima's acting cool. Ladies, ladies, they're really great in person. They get me going, but I'm not pushy. Don't wanna blow it, cause if I blow it, they start a fading. Come back, my ladies. the way they just bounce i mean <laughs> you know you said it's funny it is funny but it's fun i mean it's just yeah oh fun. yeah absolutely I, I don't think i mentioned this um that we originally talked about this album in episode five so the fall of 1977 um if if you like this stuff you might want to go back and listen to the song that we featured off of that, which is, I think, one of our favorites off of this album. We, we both picked the same song, right. I'm Not. Right. Yeah. So now let's talk about My Sex. The um, My second pick off of the Ultravox album. Uh-huh. So if the first song, The Lonely Hunter, was the Duran Duran song... This is the Gary Newman song. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Right? So yeah. so once again, looking forward, this predates Gary Newman and the, the sort of chilly, almost alien or robotic um, narrative, even though the, the, the lyrics are kind of raw and personal, the, the, the way that it's executed... It's almost like it's, he's an android or something. Looking back, you can see the influence of Kraftwerk on this song. My sex is savage, tender. It wears no future faces, owns just random gender. My sex has a wanting wardrobe. I still explore of all the bodies I knew. And those I want to know My sex is a spark of electro-flesh Least from the tick of time And geared for synchromesh My sex is an image lost in faded films A neon outline on a high-rise overspill My sex 
this is where Ultravox, you know, you, you, you mentioned how, I, I believe it was this album, that a lot of their songs are different. You know, they've, they've got like this really wide range of different kind of songs. And uh, this one here, I'm, I gotta be honest, I'm not too crazy about, but it's not a bad song at all. And, and it, to me, I think it's just so different than the energy is different and, and it kind of, it kind of threw me off. So I, I, I'm, I'm glad you picked this song because it, it is one that maybe I should go back and, and listen to over again, maybe six times just to kind of get a feel for it. But. Well, I, this is the, the thing about this album is I think this album is worth looking, looking to as an oddity or as an outlier of things that are to come. But I don't feel like as a, as an experience, the whole album is very satisfying because it's, it's too schizophrenic. It's like the tone is all over the place um, and not very cohesive. So, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm surprised that you don't like this song because when when we first talked about this album um, in uh, episode two, mm-hmm. I really I really thought this was going to be the song that you would pick. So, <laughs> what do I know? Yeah, may, you know what? I surprised myself. Maybe at a, maybe at a different time, I would have. Uh, I don't know. But, you know, and like I said, it's not a bad song. It's just to me, the energy was different than what I was used to or what I was expecting. I guess. Okay, let's move on to another Saints song. So this was um, this was one of the songs that I picked. This is their most famous song called I'm Stranded. So this was a song they released independently as a single. This is the song that got them the record contract and um, is the name of their debut album, I'm Stranded. Um, by far their most famous song. This was the only song of theirs that I was familiar with before we started doing the show. Um, and it's a pretty solid little song. It, it pops up in, on a lot of compilations of, you know, original UK punk. I'm coming at me all the time You better think I'll lose my mind Cause I'm stranded on my own Stranded far from home Alright I'm riding on a midnight train But everybody just do the same With something like a third of reflection I'm lost but I've got no direction And I'm stranded on my own Stranded far from home Alright Stranded, I'm so far from home Stranded, yeah, I'm on my own Stranded, you gotta leave me alone Cause I'm stranded It's it's a solid punk song, I think. It and I I, I think you're right. I've I've must have heard it on some compilation, 
Um, but you know, this sounds like a this sounds like a UK punk band, and they, I don't know, maybe they should have their clothes torn up and spiky hair. I'm kidding about that, but but yeah, I, I think it's a good tune. It's it's a strong it's a strong punk song. Now let's talk about um, the third song we're going to listen to tonight from the Richard Hell album, Blank Generation. Song called Who Says. I don't have a lot to say about this song. I, th- I think it's great. I think it's quirky. The energy is high. It's, it's uh, frankly, we could have picked any four songs off of this album, and I, I, I'd be happy. listen to Blank Generation um, I had my favorite song and to me all the other songs sounded great but they all sounded alike when I listened to this song recently I'm like these songs aren't the same I mean, no they're definitely not the same and you're right it's got a it's got a quirky kind of kind of energy to it yeah yeah um, I don't know man I think Richard Held and the Voidoids knocked it out of the park with this album it's yeah really good. yeah every song yeah I, I absolutely agree. I mean, this this song and "Love Comes in Spurts" kind of has the same energy, but right. but uh, "Walking on the Water" was very different. And the the fourth song that we we hear um, is very different from all the rest as well. So, yeah, yeah, still kind of loving this album. I'm I'm glad to hear that. I I enjoyed it as well, but I'm yeah. I'm really glad that you found. I don't know that you found yourself kind of really in it. So yeah, yeah. So let's talk about goofing off by Sparks. <laughs> so this is this is Sparks's equivalent of um, Lover Boys. Everybody's working from the for the weekend. Yeah, right. Kind of a song, right. but yeah. But once again, just coming at the topic sideways, I love the energy in the song. This this is the song of theirs that gets stuck in my head the most. Um, so much fun. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I agree with you there. Um, in fact, it was, uh, you know, it was my first choice until you were like, no, I already picked that one. <laughs> Well, the world has started spinning Cause the weekend is beginning So grab anything that moves and bring some cash Yeah, I'm looking at your body And I think I need your body Yeah, the whole entire body, bring it here And we've got two days to try to forget A week of crap and crud And we've got two days, so get over here We're gone 
every time you look at one of their albums, it features one of the brothers um, or or both of the brothers, but the the one brother with this the slick back black hair with a little mustache. Yeah, yeah. I always assumed that he was the lead singer because he's the one who's featured the most on their um, right. album covers, but he's not. He is the keyboard player, and as far as I know, he doesn't really do any vocals. But I guess they just decided that visually he was the more striking one, so he's kind of put up front um, just... It just see, I mean, every time I listen to a song like this, I imagine him singing, but he is not the singer. So interesting. Now, it it, correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't this the album where they're both featured on the album cover, but one's on the other side? Uh, quite possibly, quite possibly. So that brings us to the song that you picked off of the Ultravox's debut album called yeah. Life at Rainbow's End, parentheses, for all the ta- tax exiles on Main Street. Some sort of some sort of Rolling Stones reference that I don't pretend to get. Um, what, what is this song about? Do you have any idea? <laughs> you know what? It... I don't, to be honest. <laughs> um, it it was a song that, in, when listening to it, felt the most. I feel like it was one of the most interesting songs on uh, on the album. Um, and again, a lot of their stuff, all their stuff on this album, is kind of all over the place. It's a lot different. Um, some hit me in other ways. Some hit me, you know, like this one did. my least favorite song off of the of course album. It, of course it is. <laughs> and I'll tell you why. Uh-huh. Because um, you know some some of the songs just they're just songs and they sound fine but they don't really make me think one way or the other and then other songs are very forward looking as far as right. they sound ahead of their time. Like they've got a sound that is going to become very popular a couple of years down the road. This is the only song off the album that really is backwards looking to me. So what this song reminds me of, this really reminds me of um, David Bowie's The Man Who Sold the World. Mm -hmm. So it's got that big, that kind of energy, that kind of like 
early 70s glam rock sci-fi energy and i don't think it's a bad song i just it's not it doesn't have the qualities that that draw me to this album you know it's the only song that sounds retro to me yeah i think that that uniqueness about it is kind of what drew me to it so yeah yeah Messing with the Kid, the third song um, from the Saints' I'm Stranded album, Um, another pick of yours. This is another song that that sounds very much like a lot of the music that was kicking around in the late 80s, early 90s. Um, Like Cracker. Cracker did a lot of songs that sound kind of like this. Um, But it's... Why did you pick this song? The the energy is really low to me on the song. I think the reason I picked this song was just because to me it felt kind of sincere. I don't know, maybe it was... And you're right about the energy. The energy is a bit off from the other. It's a little lower than the others. But it... Uh, I don't know, maybe that's why. It, it brought me down a little bit. It brought me kind of kind of grounded. Yeah, it's So we've heard three songs off of each of the four albums. So we're on the last song of the night. Um, we're just blazing through this. This is good. Um, so Richard Hell's Blank Generation has a song called The Plan. Well, <laughs> when I picked this song... Um, I picked it because it sounded good and I liked the lyrics, but I didn't really actually sit down and and suss out what the story was, the story that this song was telling was. And um, have you have you figured out the narrative of, of this song? I haven't really. Um, okay. Yeah. Well, I am not. I, I will tell you off, Mike, <laughs> uh, okay. because I, okay. I don't want to ruin any anything for anyone. But I will say, I I I've been having second thoughts about including this song because um, the story is a dark story. I I when I was listening to the lyrics, just pieces here and pieces yeah. there, it sounds like one of those. Oh, I'm a young punker and I'm living my life and I'm thinking my life is going to go this way, but turn of events and, you know, th- I become jaded and become a stockbroker. That's kind of what I thought yeah. it was just by yeah. the just by the little bits. But when I actually sat down and listened to it, there's a very, very distinct 
narrative. And it's dark and it's kind of gross, but it's intentional. I mean, the song is called The Plan. And so the song tells this plan that this guy has. Um, and it's got a real like narrative cinematic quality to it. So uh-huh. it's like um it's like a punk rock equivalent of a, a Stephen King novel or a David Cronenberg or Ken Russell um movie, you know, like a country death song by uh Violent Femmes. Right. It, and or the or the end by the doors, you know, it's like a it's got this almost gothic isn't quite the right word but this really dark twisted um end to the story almost like a twilight zone episode type thing but it's not for everyone and um so but the music's great so in the part that we listen to isn't there's nothing particularly disturbing about it but if you're curious you can go uh to our spotify playlist and listen to the whole song um it's dark and warped and if i ever have a conversation with richard l the first question i'm gonna ask (laughs) is what the hell was that song about? I mean, I know what it's about, but what, you know, what, what, what was the motivation for ter- telling that story? Seriously. I, you know, it's interesting. I never thought about it. And I'm going to have to go back and listen to it a few times because um, I am seriously, I'm very curious now. I withdrew from the street and all human like zones. I'd had it, I'd had it. I was much to the bones, I covered the windows, I was taking no calls, then I thought for a month inside the alien walls, now I know, they don't tell you so, now I know, they don't tell you so, now I know, they don't tell you so, but I can recall it all. I was at a, I was at a loss. Okay, well, right here we just got to to listen to a little bit of the song, but uh, listening to the entire song and now going over it, wow, mind blown. <laughs> mind blown. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it is, it is an effective piece of art. You know, we we're feeling things. I mean, I feel like I want to go take a shower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) That's something. Um, Um, But just you know, take it, take it in the spirit of a of a Stephen King story or something. Yeah. Yeah. And and Richard Hell uh, was definitely a a good artist. I mean, yeah. You know, he he definitely is a, a massive creative mind. So yeah, good good on him. So last Spark song we're going to talk about today is Girls on the Brain. This is, I'm not crazy about this song. This is one of the the three songs at the end of the album that, that really don't work for me. Um, the music is just sounding very, you know, 70s, white boy, blues, rock, 
you know, wannabe yeah. Elvis Presley type thing, yeah. which is the the lyrics are are quirky and fun, but the music is does nothing for me. That exactly is the reason why I wanted to to play this song tonight and listen to this song. It's to me, it's different for the Sparks. It's different from everything else on this album, pretty much. And um, but it kind of to me, it feels like they're going back to kind of their influences from when they started making music you know this is this is like definitely kind of like i don't know 50s early 60s influenced um it's got that rock and roll feel to it and uh, i don't know it, it it was just interesting to Girls on the Brain, that could be like the mission statement for this album. I mean, this is, <laughs> yeah. that's, there There are quite a few songs, that seems to be the, th- the, the theme of this album. Right, um, it's the thread that goes yeah, through it. Yeah, right, exactly, exactly. The last Ultravox song we're going to hear tonight is something called Saturday Night in the City of the Dead, um, which sounds like a song that Joe Jackson would have sung or, you know, in a year or two, we're going to be very soon. We're going to start hearing some Joe Jackson. This, this has big Joe Jackson energy. Yeah, Yeah, actually listening to it i think when you and i first uh, started to record this episode of the podcast um i had it playing and i actually really like the energy in it mm-hmm. um and and i i don't know it may actually be my favorite song on the album i'm gonna have to say i'm mm-hmm. gonna have to go back and look to see what it was that i i liked about this album last time we uh touched base with this band touch base on this album but this might be might be my favorite song on the album i believe originally when we talked about this album in um episode two you picked wide boys uh, which is probably their most punk song off of this album right well this one to me was a lot of fun 
Yeah, there's um there's one other song off of this album um that sounds you know that kind of predates a um a sound that will become more and more prevalent um in the new wave um movement called um the wild the beautiful and the damned which has right. that that violin strings like irish folk quality to it that we'll hear in like Dexy's Midnight Runners and Big Country and The Water Boys and and stuff like that. So so really those are the songs that make this album distinct to me. How it's really sort of the music musical equivalent of a, a crystal ball where they're sort of predicting where this punk and new wave movement is going so it's interesting yeah that's a great way to look at it which brings us to the last song of the night um it's by the saints off of their i'm stranded album um called nights in venice this was the second song of theirs that i picked um and I, I really like the energy of this song. Um, and I think why I like this song so much is it's more about... Because there's no doubt that the Saints are great musicians. I mean, all mm-hmm. of the music sounds great. I may not really fall in line with their sensibilities, but they're, but they're really good musicians. This song is is the song off of the album where it's really about the music and the, there are vocals in it, as you'll hear, but the vocals are kind of, you know, they're, they're even mixed a little lower in the song. And it's really not about the vocals and not about the lyrics. It's, it's about the energy of the song. And this is, and this is probably the grittiest song off of this album too, which I think is, you know why I like it a little bit more because it's not quite so sterile sound. that kind of raw-ish feel to it. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, it's, it's, again, I can't, I can't help it, but I'm, I'm really liking this band more and more. <laughs> so. Cool. Okay. So let's, uh, kind of sum up where we're at, um, with these albums. Okay. Um, 
So let's quickly talk about the Richard Hell album. So the blue, for me, the bloom is coming off the rose a little bit for me for this album. Um, will it be on in my top 10 of 77? Of course it will be. Yes, will it be in the top five? Yeah. Almost certainly. Right. <laughs> Uh, will it be number one? I don't. I don't know. I'm kind of going back and forth. I, I think right now it's a little doubtful. I mean, there are so many other great albums. I mean, the the debut albums of Wire and the Talking Heads and Elvis Costello, um, the the second Ultravox album. Uh, there are so many good albums. Now there is not a home run album in in my mind there's not like one that stands head and shoulders above the rest for 77 i suspect in years moving forward there's going to be some years where it's like a no-brainer this is the best album but this this year there's there's a lot of eights and nines but i don't know that there's a 10 i mean oh the clash's first album uh, obviously is right up there so but I'm I'm not I keep going back and forth on this album. Where where are you with it? Is it gonna you think it's gonna be on your top ten? Um, it's definitely gonna be in my top ten. Um, I can't say whether it'll be on my top five or not. It might be, but um, it's definitely in my top ten. I think it's a pretty solid album, and I have to say when I I first heard it again. I'll I'll just go back to the self-titled track. That song right there, I was like, I'm gonna love this entire album. Yeah, yeah. And and I did. I will add to that. I think that it's kind of, you know, it's kind of the honeymoon phase is kind of wearing off a little bit. So I'm I'm not loving it or as passionate about it as I was when I first heard it. But I still think it's a solid album, and it's definitely in the top ten. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about the Sparks album? And you think that's going to be in your top ten? Um, I'd hate to say not. <laughs> yeah, I mean it might. It might. I'm. I am still going to go back and and listen to it some more. Um, I really enjoy it. I think that their their vibe is a, is a lot of fun. I think that uh, you know, there's pretty much I think only one song on here that I'm not nuts about, and uh, I really enjoy the you know, the energy that they have and, and that that kind of sound, that experimental sound with the vocals. Yeah. Well, I like this album a lot, but it's almost certainly not going to be in my top ten. Um, I am so excited about hearing more Sparks, you know, yeah. and getting yeah. to the Sparks deep dive. I mean, I'm getting more and more excited about this band, but... It's not so much because this album is so awesome, but just you can hear the potential. You know, one of the albums moving forward of theirs, they're it's just gonna they're gonna hit their stride, and it's gonna be like the perfect sweet spot for them, um, and it's gonna blow my mind. I, yeah, that's well, that's my prediction for for we, Sparks. We know that they're evolving, and uh, I mean, you know, it's it's gonna be interesting to see what they evolve into. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I'm kind of the same way about Ultravox's Ultravox, their debut album. Um, I like it. I think it's it's a notable album for 
the reasons I've I've already discussed. But is it one of the ten best albums released in '77 for punk or new wave? I I'm not there with it. I'm kind of I'm kind of in that same place. Um, I yeah I I I can't really. S- I don't know. I can. I think I can come come out and say it's not going to be on my top. Yeah, I, I do like it, and I do think that uh, a lot of the songs on here are just really great songs. But yeah, yeah, yeah. And what about the Saints? Um, they may very well make it to my top ten. I can't say that. Well, I can tell you, yeah, they're not going to be in my top five because I pretty much got that nailed down. Um, but, uh, I think the saints are definitely in my top 10. So for me, not a chance in hell. I mean, <laughs> okay. <laughs> there, this is, this wouldn't be in my top or my 10 worst albums of 77 list. Um, but I just, it just sounds unremarkable to me. Um, this uh-huh. album, um, now I have. I try and not cheat in, for this podcast in the sense if I'm not familiar with the band, I don't look ahead and check out their albums moving right. forward. I try and experience it as we stumble across it. I did happen to notice, though, because I was reading um, a quote by the lead singer um, of this where he, he references how after the first couple of albums, um, they have they have a real shakeup as far as the the personnel goes, and their sound really changes and goes in a more melodic um, direction. So I'm curious about that. I'm wondering if I might like them more as a you know post punk pop band than. Then I like them as a a punk band. Well, we've already seen that kind of dynamic uh, take place in the in the bands and the albums that we've looked at, and yeah. uh, it's interesting, you know, the way that works out. Uh, I think fans get kind of nervous because oh, that that band will never sound like they did, but maybe they'll sound better. You know, who knows? Yep. All right, that's it. That's our four to explore from 77. Um, Hope that it's been edifying for all of you listeners out there. Um, This is November, which is us celebrating the, the year 1977 in punk and new wave. So at the end of this month... Uh, the 29th, we will release our best of 77. Yeah. We're going to need your input for that. So um, please do go to Facebook or Instagram. Find the post where we list all of the releases um, from this year. And um, just in the comments, give us your your top five albums. Or you can DM us if you don't want it to be public or you can email us. Um, Rob, why don't you give us the yeah. email address? Okay, sure. It's deepdives.deepcuts at gmail.com. The deadline for that is the 23rd, so you have to get it in by then. We haven't gotten any entries yet. Um, I know it's a little early still, and um, goodness knows, 
I don't have mine picked out, so yeah, um, <laughs> do but I. I'm getting a little nervous that we we haven't gotten any anything yet. So fingers crossed that we get a good response on this. I know that you guys are out there. Yeah. Um. Yeah. We we kind of want to make we kind of are really excited about the the idea of our listeners having a part in you know in what's going on right now it's it's kind of cool to have that that uh interactive you know feel to it so well yeah and we're, and... we're we're talking about music which is a totally subjective thing uh-huh. so we need more than just two people determining um what the best of 77 are and once again your your input and your votes are have as much weight as ours does as far as Absolutely. determining the, the final ranking so your input is important um don't forget the link to the spotify list uh playlist for this episode is in the show notes so you can go and listen to the twisted, warped tale that um, Richard <laughs> Hell has to tell in the plan and um, all the other great music that we've heard tonight. If you've gotten this far, chances are you're enjoying this podcast. Please do take a moment to go to Apple Podcasts. Give us a quick review. Can it be just one sentence, just saying you dig it and and giving us a star rating. It it is key to um, helping us sh- pop up in search results for other people who are looking for podcasts about punk and new wave. Anything else, Rob? No, I think that uh, I think that about sums it up. Other than I don't know. Go back and uh, you know, listen to some uh, listen to some great music. Yeah, um, I'm thinking that you know there is a chance because I'm feeling a little overwhelmed about about making my choices, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking, boy, if I'm feeling overwhelmed, you know, people who haven't listened to all of these albums must be really overwhelmed so i'm thinking that um we will we should probably on facebook and um, instagram we'll probably do a post where we list our recommendations about since you know most people don't have the time to listen to all what is it 35 or 40 albums Um, you know, well, Rob and I will come up a list with a realistic list of, you know, 10 or 15 albums where it's like, this is where you should start. You know, if, if you, you know, if you're familiar with these albums, you'll be, you'll have a really good educated, um, you're coming from an educated place about really what's the cream of the crop from 77. So Rob how do you feel about um a little bit earlier I talked about the the fifth ultravox song um, called the wild the beautiful and the damned that really sounded forward thinking to me that that sounds like a right. precursor to you know the Irish folk punk new wave thing how do you feel about going out on that song 
I think it's a great song to go out on, Joseph. I say we do it. Okay, great. So we've got, um, we're, uh, because of Thanksgiving here in the United States, and we want to give you as much time as possible to to get your ducks in a row as far as casting your votes for the best albums of 77. We're, um, you're not going to hear from us for quite a few weeks. Uh, I hope you don't miss us too much. You don't forget that we exist. Who, who knows? We might, we might surprise you with a little bonus episode, but officially, um, the next episode that drops will be on the 29th. So, um, hope everybody has, um, a great November. Rob, I will talk to you soon when yeah. we when we get together to start putting together this list. Yeah, well, so I'm I'm looking forward to it. I really am. Yeah, I'm dying of curiosity. <laughs> see see how it all turns out. Okay, everybody, thanks a lot for listening. Have a good night. Yep. See ya. <laughs>